Welcome to Tending the Sacred Fire. My name is Michael Zadeh, and I will be your host for these episodes. I thought I would start off this podcast series with a brief introduction of myself, give you an opportunity to learn a little bit more about me, who I am, where I came from, what my spiritual journey has been like. Maybe that might help some people you know, better relate uh, to the story. Maybe it might help you find some healing of your own because my journey was definitely one of healing and transformation and enlightenment. And no, I don't consider myself to be an enlightened person, but um, I'm definitely on an enlightened path. And I think we all are. Um, definitely, definitely, we're all, uh, we all came into this world, into this, these lives with the purpose of finding our purpose, finding why we're here, finding the meaning of life. And all of that is part of an enlightened journey. So for myself, my journey began when I was young. I was probably about age um, eight or nine when I first began to spontaneously meditate. And by that, I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. I just uh, had no idea what what, uh, meditation was. I was raised in a traditional Catholic house. We weren't allowed to have Ouija boards or tarot cards or horoscopes. You know, dad would freak out if any of that stuff was even discussed. Caught, you know, if he caught us reading the horoscopes in the Sunday paper or whatever. Um, But uh, it was around age eight or nine that I learned that if I sat or if I laid down and I and I got myself perfectly still and I calmed my body and I calmed my breath and I focused on different areas of my body, I was able to generate this tingling sensation. I didn't know what it was, but it was super cool to feel it. And I was and the more I focused on it, the more I was able to generate to to make it stronger, to get it stronger. And with some intense focus, as I, I began to learn Um, how to focus on it more, I could move that tingling sensation to different parts of my body. Now, I didn't know at the time that I was learning to control my own Shakti, right? My, my, my prana, my chi, my life force energy. I had no idea that, that I was working with my own biomagnetic energy that's, uh, that's, you know, present in every cell within our body, but that's what I was doing. Over the years, I learned to sit for as long as two to three hours. By the time I got into high school, I had already experienced astral travel. Um, I didn't, again, didn't know (laughs) that I was doing that. I just thought I was having some pretty vivid, really cool dreams. Um, But I later learned uh, that that that's what it was, that it was astral travel. I had an intense love for nature. Uh, We lived underneath a, um, a mountain uh, probably about five minutes, maybe 10 minute walk at most from my parents' house. And I and I was up on this mountain, Mount Diablo, the Devil's Mountain. Um, very powerful spiritual energy there. There's tales of battles between the indigenous peoples that live there in the invading Spanish armies and how small bands of, of indigenous warriors were able to fight off multitudes of, of Spanish um, uh, uh, soldiers. So in 1983, I graduated from high school. Still no idea, you know, what I was doing or what this whole experience of my youth had been. Had my first child in 1985 and everything went into work and family at that point. I kind of put the meditation and and my spiritual path on hold because again, I wasn't on a dedicated spiritual path. I had just been doing some really cool stuff. And every once in a while, when I was laying in bed late at night, if I was having trouble sleeping, I could focus and generate the, the same energy and that would help me to fall asleep. So I thought, you know, I still thought it was something cool. I thought it was something really interesting. Didn't talk to anybody about it because I wasn't sure if anybody else, you know, would know what I was referring to. It wasn't until 1990 that I first heard of meditation. At that point in time, I was working as the youth minister for my church. 
the local church, the one that I had had grown up in um, junior high and high school primarily. Uh, we moved to California uh, when I started junior high. Uh, but the class that I had attended on meditation talked about it as being more of a focused prayer, talked about it as focusing or repeating one of the names of God over and over and over and over. So using it was basically using mantra, but they didn't talk anything about, you know, any kind of energetic movement or, or chakras or <laughs> any of that stuff, opening your third eye. That's not something that you would have heard uh, in the 1990s in a Catholic um, youth ministry conference. Um, it, it, they related it more to like praying the rosary, right? Where you would just have these, these dedicated prayers that you would say over and over and over again. Now, after I left working for the church in 1995, I began a career in sales. Um, and I found that I was extremely good at sales. Um, I, I was able to, gosh, I had so many awards for contests that I won or for being salesman of the year or, you know, that type of stuff. I had plaques and I had trophies and I had all kinds of stuff at, at my home office at one point in time, threw them all away eventually, <clears throat> excuse me, because they just didn't, they just didn't matter anymore. Um, but I had worked into uh, a position in real estate. And in 2003 is when my spiritual journey really took off. At that point in time, um, I was beginning to recall some repressed memories that I had from my childhood, some traumatic experiences that had happened. And um, my life began to take a downturn. I wasn't satisfied doing sales, even though I was I was good at it. I was making a lot of money, but we were always looking for, you know, how are we going to pay our bills? Uh, I was spending more than I was bringing in, even though I was bringing in a lot. Um, and I, I was in a Southern California airport. I think it was the John Wayne airport. And I was just in this state of despondency. And I, and I I really had this sensation that I was going to go home, I was going to find a way to kill myself, and that was going to be it. And I called my uh, business coach, my business and, and life coach, gentleman by the name of Matthew, and I said, hey, you know, uh, this is it. This is probably the last conversation we're going to have. Um, I didn't tell him that I was thinking of killing myself, but I think he figured it out. And he said, before you do anything, let me introduce you to this guy I met. His name's Steven. He's kind of like a guru. And I was like, what the heck's a guru? Um, <laughs> so I, I, I had a phone call. He said, you know, just stay, stay where you are. Don't do anything. Don't get on that plane. I'm going to get in touch with Steven. And literally like five minutes later, I still had about an hour to wait for my plane. So I wasn't, uh, didn't, didn't have any, any chance of missing the flight, but about an hour late, or excuse me, about five minutes later, Steven called and he told me a little bit about his background, how he met Matthew, um, how he began his spiritual journey. He had started off in international finance, putting together mergers and acquisitions and things like that. Um, and then he had his awakening and it set him on a path. Uh, basically, he went on a, on a path in search of God. And in this path, he began to look at all of the different religious beliefs that were out there, all of the different spiritual paths, Jainism and Druidism, and you know, not just like Catholicism and, and, and Judaism and Hindu and Buddhism, but really dove deep into Wiccan and, and studied with shaman down in Peru and studied with some of the Lakota Indians in the, the, the American Southwest and, and went to India and studied with some of the some of the most influential uh, gurus uh, of that time, the, the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, the, the gentleman who, who uh, uh, created Transcendental Meditation. Uh, he was also the, the guru that, that was working with the Beatles. Um, he worked with Shiva Bali Yogi Maharaj. 
and he was taught how to do a lot of the things that a traditional um, guru in in the Hindu lineage uh, would be able to do. And then he was asked by one of his gurus to come to America and begin to you know kind of propagate the uh, the, the understandings, the, the the teachings of yoga. And we're not talking about yoga here, like <laughs> like you're going to see at your gymnasium on a Saturday morning with everybody in their you know their yoga pants, their leotards, and all the whatever. Um, we're talking about the traditional yoga. Um, I signed up for Stephen's advanced course. I took that course. It was basically 12 precepts. It was 12 weeks long that, that we went through. I took that course three times over the course of a couple of different years. I went and had a one-on-one -on -one session with him. And that's when he introduced me to Kundalini. And when he went, we went through an initiation process and he had me awaken my Kundalini. And that was an amazing experience. I'd never felt anything, anything like that. Um, literally for three hours after this, I just sat on the beach. It was down in Laguna Beach uh, where he lived at the time. And I just sat on the beach and just watched people. And, and I felt like I was floating the entire time. And I knew that this was what I wanted to do. This was the same feeling that I was having when I was eight years old, nine years old. Um, and I even began to manifest my own thoughts. When I had, um, one time I had a thought about, I was getting in the car leaving work and I was like, I wonder what it would be like to have two flat tires and it was around Christmas time and I was driving home and I happened to run over something there was a truck on the side of the road and I ran over something that looked like like you know some trash or whatever and I didn't know what it was but it was metal Christmas tree branches right for what for an artificial Christmas tree both front tires flat <laughs> so I began manifesting I manifested some good things too not just the bad but I studied with Stephen for about 12 years um and I'm gonna go a little bit deeper into that, but right now I'm gonna go ahead and take a pause. We're gonna take a break. I'll be back in just a few to lead you a little bit further on my journey. This is Tending the Sacred Fire, and I am Michael Zade. Hey there, Spirit Fam. I'm gonna ask you to give me one minute to tell you about the Quantum Healing Meditations Bundle offered by my friends at the Oshun Collective. This amazing bundle includes 14 meditations, hypnosis, and visualizations designed to help open your heart and anchor in unity consciousness. And when you buy the bundle, it's yours forever, which means you can use these meditations as often as you want. I had the chance to listen to the meditations and wow, my Shakti was on fire. So if you're ready to dive in now, Go to Sacred Fire Podcast on Instagram, click the Linktree link in my profile, and tap the banner for the Quantum Healing Meditation Bundle. You can already feel how beneficial this will be, can't you? Trust me, you'll be glad you chose to make this small investment in your spiritual growth. Welcome back to Tending the Sacred Fire. My name is Michael Zade. Thank you so much for being here. And you know what? Let's just take a moment to honor that which brought us together. You know, when I sat down to record this podcast, I didn't know who was going to be listening. I didn't reach out to anyone specifically and say, hey, will you listen to my podcast? You came across this in, in one way or another. Um, either you, you knew me personally and you knew that I was launching this podcast or somebody shared it with you. So let's just take a moment to honor that. You know, it doesn't matter how many words we can find to describe the differences that we see in each other when we look at each other. We are one. 
We are part of the same body. We're part of the same energy. We're part of the same history of life that happened way back when the, the Big Bang first went boom and the universe started. We're all part of this. We all have the same memory of that moment deep within our cellular structure. Our cells remember that moment, right? So let's take a moment to honor that and that force that brought us together. So moving forward, we left off uh, 2003, study with Stephen for 12 years. So in 2015, I had a uh, another advancement <laughs> in my spiritual journey, and it came in the form of some what would be considered within the um, uh, the, the psychology uh, arena as mental illnesses or or a mental unwellness, if you will. I don't like the word illness, but but a, a disturbance within the the emotional and mental state. Um, I was diagnosed with agoraphobia, with PTSD, with with uh, chronic anxiety, with depression. All of these things came from these moments of childhood trauma. Now, I had remembered some of the incidents, but I hadn't, I hadn't recalled all of them yet. Um, and this was the point where I began to take this step back, um, kind of like, you know, in the traditional sense, uh, in, in um, uh, a spiritual journey, someone that was really going into a deep, deep spiritual path um, would leave their home. They would go in, in, in India or in, in, you know, the Buddhist uh, uh, areas, the Hindu, the Buddhist areas. Someone who wanted to be a monk, wanted to be a, a, a yogi, wanted to be a guru, would go on this path where they would kind of like leave everything. And they would even like, you know, to the point of living in a cave um, and, and just meditate, 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 meditate. Well, this is what life was causing. My, my, my spiritual nature was causing within my physical nature in order for me to reach this next phase of, of my, um, my spiritual growth. So this agoraphobia and agoraphobia basically means it's a fear of the outs of, of the outdoors. It's a fear of, of being in places where you're not in control, where you don't know what's going to be happening. So you want to stay within environments where you feel very secure. And, and I battled with this agoraphobia. I'm still kind of battling with it a little bit here and there, not as, as severe as it was back then. I mean, I literally didn't leave my house for close to five years when covid came around and everybody's like oh my goodness what are we going to do we're going to be indoors for all this period of time i'm like come on people <laughs> i've been doing this for a while so hey if you've suffered with agoraphobia if you know what i'm talking about my heart goes out to you people it's 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 not an, a fun thing it's completely uncontrollable i've i had started to have panic attacks uncontrollable panic attacks again something that that really um, I didn't want to have, I, I, and, I, and they're not controllable. If you ever see somebody, if you haven't experienced a panic attack and you see somebody having a panic attack, please don't tell them to calm down, <laughs> right? Don't that'd be telling somebody that's underwater, don't just breathe, you'll be fine. Yeah, just go ahead, just breathe, <laughs> you're, you're fine. Um, but this was really the beginning of my true spiritual awakening. I started to just dive into books. I mean, just tons of books excuse me your life is waiting uh, the untethered soul the way of the peaceful warrior um, i started to, to study the law of attraction and i began to, to 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 notice that the law of attraction didn't always work so i was curious of why and i and i and i came across this understanding that there were 12 other universal spiritual laws which we'll talk about later in the in the podcast um, i also took a bunch of courses i became a certified mindfulness meditation and wellness coach through the self-awareness institute the organization that my guru stephen had formed 
um, I became, excuse me, I became a, um, uh, uh, a certified master herbalist. Um, I became a, um, a Reiki master. I started a program called Sadhana Shakti. And by the way, when I, when I took that course, when I, when I went on the, the, the weekend, uh, the four-day retreat, basically, to become certified mindfulness meditation and wellness coach with Stephen, it was in Sedona, Arizona, which is about 14, 15-hour drive from, from where I live. And even with agoraphobia, I was able to make it. I, I don't I still to this day don't know how because any time that I stepped out of my house prior to that um, I would just have these severe panic attacks the agoraphobia was so intense but it was so important to me that I got there that it, it was so important to me that that I went through this certification program because spirit was calling me to do it and after I got home right back to agoraphobia right back to not being able to leave the house so it was one of those kind of miraculous moments in my life where where everything just aligned and i was able to to make it happen um at that i learned shakti pot and shakti pot is uh, well shakti again that's our life force energy that's our 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 biomagnetic energy that that lives within each one of our cells it's our prana it's our chi um, it, it's you, you could there's a bunch of different names you could it you can call it but it's all the same stuff um, it's it, you could call it Reiki because that's what Reiki healers are using in fact I became a Reiki master after this as well but Shakti pot the PAT at the end just means to place or to put so it's the ability to send your life force energy out into the world to another person or to an object or, or to something else and you're able to leave some of your essence there and we can all do this we can all do this. Um, it takes some learning. It takes some understanding. It takes some knowledge of how to do it. And it takes some preparation. It's not something that you're going to do spontaneously, just like having Kundalini awaken. I'll talk about that in one of my upcoming episodes. Um, Kundalini does not awaken spontaneously, hardly ever, like maybe three to four percent of the entire human population that ever lived had a spontaneous kundalini awakening there is preparation that needs to happen there are what are called granthi that that prevent the kundalini from moving up the chakra system up the, the susumna prior to the individual being prepared being ready for that for that awakening to happen um, but i started a company as i was saying called sadhana shakti and it was it was a whole different it took so many different forms. It never really took off. I was I was making custom malas at a, at a certain point, selling um, teas because of my my certified master herbalist. I was I was making different tea blends. Uh, I was selling you know self care products like soaps and those types of things. We were I was trying to put together different courses and and um, teaching environments, give people opportunity to learn some of the stuff that I did. Nothing ever took off. And then I met a young lady by the name of Madali. Who is, uh, who is following an indigenous healer path, a shamanistic path. Kurenderics is the term that, that, uh, that she was using. And she began to introduce me to plant medicines. And I'm not talking just about the ones that you would take at Burning Man or, or you know, one of those festivals. Uh, we're talking about things like cacao, right? Pure ceremonial grade cacao, raw cacao. Uh, we're talking about rapé, which is the, the um, ceremonial, um, the, the sacred tobacco ash. Uh, we're talking about, you know, other plant medicines as well. And we did get into some of those that do, that can produce psychedelic um, um 
episodes if if you take enough of them but in the plant medicine world in that in that shamanistic healer world they're all used for specific purposes and this is when i began to understand um, you know my deeper purpose in life at that point in time i was working for a company called sba it was a partnership, a group of people that had formed this environment uh, of, 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 for individuals that wanted to further their spiritual growth, to integrate their spiritual life at their, and their personal life. Um, and I walked away from that. I was the, the CEO. I'd been asked, it was, and that was my dream job. I'd always wanted to be the CEO. I'd always wanted to be the CEO of a company that was doing something of good, you know, that had value, not just like the CEO of you know, some company that's manufacturing widgets or whatever, but I wanted to be, that was my dream job. Um, and I walked away from it. I shut down all social media. I walked away from everything. I ended a bunch of relationships. I just, I really just listening to this inner voice. It was time to go deep within time. And, and that inner voice continued to speak to me, told me that it was time to speak, time to share. This isn't the first time I tried to start a podcast. I've, I've, I thought about it. I designed the, you know, the cover art. I, I searched for the, the background music. I did all of that stuff, but nothing ever came together because I wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared. We're going to pause and take another break here. This is Tending the Sacred Fire. I am Michael Zade. Be back in a moment. Jai Guru. I'm back again with a message for the Divine Feminine listeners out there. If you're on an awakening journey and feel like it's time to step into your innate power, then finding a circle of like-minded souls is something you already know you want. Luckily for you, my good friend Michelle has exactly what you need. Her Sistarhood program is filled with resources, activities, and ceremonies delivered in intimate settings where women can share, learn, and grow together in a safe and comfortable environment. And it all happens online, so you can join in from anywhere. The activities each month vary from full moon ceremonies to Reiki healings and more. Ready to venture forth and find your soul family? Go to her Instagram account, michelle.the.mystic, and look for the Sistarhood link. While you're there, give her a follow. I'm confident that Michelle will quickly become one of your favorite go-to spiritual accounts. Welcome back. You're listening to Tending the Sacred Fire. I am Michael Zade, your host. This will be the final 10-minute segment. Thank you for staying with me so far. So we left off. I had reached this point where I had basically completely shed everything that I was doing. I, I stopped meditating. I stopped doing the plant medicines. I stopped all of that stuff. And it was because of a vision that I had when I did a psilocybin um, journey uh, and I did it on my own. <laughs> it was not with my curtain I did it on my own. I, I got my hands on some magic mushrooms and I took probably a little bit too much. Uh, <laughs> and it, it, it literally, literally rocked my world. Uh, and I had this vision of sacred fire and I started to get, um, have more and more visions and, and more and more synchronicities around this, this image of sacred fire. And I started to, you know, things were coming up like, um, uh, uh you know, knowledge, more knowledge about the, the Greek mythology around the Phoenix, uh, more understanding and, and more learnings about Kundalini, that inner fire that we have within us. And I first thought the, the, the name for this podcast was going to be lighting the sacred fire. But again, I was informed through a vision that we already have this fire within us. It may be an ember. It may be, you know, it hasn't awakened, 
But at the moment of conception, this fire is brought within us. Just like when the Big Bang went boom, that was the initial sacred fire that started life. And when any time that life begins, there is this essence of sacred fire that's involved. So when the sperm and the egg come together <laughs> and a baby is, is conceived, there is sacred fire there. It's part of all of life. So all we really do from that moment forward is we tend to it. And some people go their entire life without putting any attention to it. They don't add any fuel to the fire. They don't. They don't breathe any any you know um, air onto the fire. They don't. They don't do anything to help the fire to grow. And that's that's fine. That's this isn't their lifetime to experience that. But if you're here now, your sacred fire is lit. If you're listening to this, if you made it all the way through 22 and a half minutes, wherever we're at at this point in time, your sacred fire is lit. So all that we're going to be talking about is how do we tend to it? How do we expand that fire, right? Some of the, the, the topics that I'll be talking about in the future is will be the 12 universal spiritual laws. We're going to deep dive into Kundalini, what it is, into Shakti, Shakti Pot. We're going to look at the true nature of some things like karma, charity, our purpose. We'll look at surrender. We'll look at detachment, energy healing, the Akashic records. We'll look at perception versus reality, the body-mind-spirit connection. I have an entire year of ideas of episodes already lined up. I'm beginning to record. And that doesn't include the number of interviews that I want to do with some of the amazing people that I've met out there. And there's even more amazing people I already know because I've met them through my astral travels. We haven't met in person yet, but we've had conversations and we've sat in ceremony with each other and we've done all that kind of stuff. Um, so there's some, some amazing people out there in the world that I'm going to be, I'm going to be interviewing as well. So here's the part where I give you a call to action. Here's the part where I ask a favor of you. First, if you enjoyed this podcast so far, add it to your library. And then once you do that, share it. Share it with people that you know. Don't share it with them and tell them that this is something that they have to do because nobody has to do anything. Just let them know that you came across this, you found it valuable, you thought maybe they might find it valuable as, all, as well. Just make it an invitation. Just open it. Ask spirit to guide you to the people that, that um, may be being called to listen to this as well. And then send it along to them. Comment. Give me, leave me some comments. Let me know what you think so far. I didn't really deep dive too much into all of these concepts. I really wanted to give you an idea of who I am for this first episode, but leave me your comments. Are you, are you interested in listening to more? Do you think this is a complete waste of time? That's fine too. I, there's no such thing as good or bad in my world. There's no such thing as good or bad. Everything is there for a purpose. Everything serves a purpose. It's a, it's a learning, it's a teaching, it's, it's an opportunity to grow, right? You don't hit, like in golf, you might hit a bad shot every once in a while, um, but in life, you never hit a bad shot. Everything has, has meaning. Everything has purpose if you learn to, to absorb the lessons that are there. How to connect with me. I'm on Instagram, Sacred Fire Podcast. You can email me, sacredfirepodcast at gmail.com. I do have a website that will be coming that'll primarily just be um, a place to host all of these different episodes. Um, I may more than likely write a blog uh, as well to kind of go even deeper into some of these topics. Send questions that you want answered. If you have questions related to spirituality, you have questions related to, to different religious forms, whatever. If I don't know, 
I might know somebody who does know. I'd be more than willing to speak about those things. I'll do the research for you if you don't have the time because that's what my life is about. That's my purpose is discovering, curating these little pieces of knowledge and wisdom and putting to putting them together in ways that make sense. Um, ways that make sense for people that are on a journey of healing, transformation, or enlightenment. And in reality, those three things are all the same. They really are. You can't transform until you first heal, right? And you can't enlighten until you transform. Uh, I can't remember who said it. Um, I think it may have, I'm not even gonna guess who it was, but there's a, a quote that says that we can't solve the problems that we created using the same mindset that we use to create the problems, right? Something along those lines. So all of those things are the same. You can't enlighten until you transform. You can't transform until you heal. You can't heal until you have somewhat of an enlightened experience and understanding and to, to know, to realize what it is you're healing from. You know, for 40 years, I carried these memories, these repressed memories of these traumatic experiences that I had in my youth. I was around maybe, I don't know, 14, 15 years old at the time when, when the, the most dramatic ones had happened to me. Um, so 40 years ago, I, I had no idea. And, and they affected my life. And I thought that I was broken somehow. I thought my life was a mess. All of that stuff just piled on top of each other. And all of that, you know, got to that point where 2015, my mind basically told my body, that's it, shut down, we're done right there's too much stress going on here <laughs> there's 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 too much there's too much negative uh, i don't like the word negative energy because i don't really think that energy can be negative um, there's too much lower vibrational energy right um what else could you do introduce me to your favorite people are are there people out there that i need to know send me a link tell me you know hey take a look at this person's podcast or take a look at this person's website or or, or instagram or or whatever like I said, we're all one. I'm no different than you are. I'm not any better of a person for, for, for being at the point on my spiritual path that I am. I don't believe in any of that, that anybody is any better than it. We're all part of the same. The healing that I did was healing for the collective. The healing, the knowledge, the wisdom that you gain is healing and knowledge and wisdom for the collective. What you learn, what you heal helps me. What I learn, what I heal helps you, helps the world. So let's work together. Introduce me to those people that are super cool people. Um, if, you, if you have a topic that you really feel strongly about, that you feel that you wanna speak about, hit me up let's do an interview let's schedule an interview i'd love to talk to you i'd love to hear your perspectives to get your understanding of life as well all right so we're coming down to the end of this final 10 minute segment i promise you i would be out of here within 10 minutes for this final piece so a sneak peek into next episode i'm gonna go deep dive into um, my favorite quote william h murray the mountaineer was quoted as, as um, a, a quote that has been attributed to many different people. It was attributed to Goethe at one point in time. I believe it was also attributed to one or two other people. Um, but W.H. Murray wrote the majority of this quote. Goethe did add a, a, a line or two at the end. But the quote begins with, until one is committed, there is hesitance, the chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness. And that's the way my life has been. That's the way I've experienced so many times, so many times. So we're going to deep dive into this quote. What does this, what does the full quote mean and how do we apply it into our lives? That's all for this episode. Again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I hope you enjoyed this. 
Give me a shout out. Let me know. Let me know what your favorite parts were. Tell me the parts that you want to hear more about. Definitely, definitely, I do not want this to be just me creating master bedroom walk-in closet with my blue yeti microphone <laughs> and my laptop this this you know this can't be all there is so let's stay connected we are all one again this is tending the sacred fire i am michael zade i love you all have a wonderful magical day